Matthew Lillard. Lillard. Matt Lillard. Lillard. Met that guy in my hallway one time. Yep. What? In this hallway? Uh, no. At our old apartment on Capitol Hill. He was shooting a movie, and uh, our building was like one of the... SLC like, punk? Yeah. yeah. Yep. He was like directing a movie. I walk out my hallway. We're about to go down to the fun house to go play a show. And uh, he's like sit, standing in the hallway, like directing two actors, and they got to come out of one apartment, run down the hall, and out the back door. And so, like, uh, we like can't go out the back door, and I'm parked at the back, so we have to go out the front door, go around to the back, get in the car. I realize I forgot my cymbal bag and drumsticks. It's like fuck, I gotta go back in. So I kind of walk over, and it looks like they're on a break, and like the uh, the the lead female character in that movie. It's like super fucking hot. She's like standing there. They're all standing around. And I walk up. I was like, uh, I gotta get inside. Is the back door available? And she's like, only if I've been drinking. We went down the rivers. We crossed the plains. Over the mountains. We fought in streams. We went west. We trapped. We mined. We carved our names. With guns and axes. We sought our fame. Our destiny. And the USA. USA. I only ever run into Macklemore at places. Oh, yeah. I don't know fucking why, but he's about every six months I have a Macklemore sighting. There you go. I think he's stalking you, dude. Mm. I don't know. Mm. You should listen to his music. Maybe he's got a song about you. Maybe he's got a whole album about you. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, didn't listen to... They recorded... A, when I worked at the Hot Tub Boat place, they recorded a video. Oh, yeah. You told me about day. that. Yeah, yeah. That's all I run into. I guess uh, that one time when uh, Zach fucking Galifianakis and um, other what's-his-ass, um, when they were doing that uh, show about politicians or whatever... Um, oh, Will old Ferrell. School, yeah, Will Ferrell. Oh, they, Will Ferrell? I, I missed when, that day when they took over the... Uh, Starbucks. Oh yeah, by, like, by like minutes. But then one time I was back in North Dakota, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, the nightly news comes on, you know, straight out of Bismarck. Mm-hmm. Who's doing the news? But Ron fucking Burgundy. Yep. I just made Curry rewatch that. And they actually talk about the uh, fake cop car down in Amadon. Yep. Fake cop car in Amadon. Yeah, yeah, I've talked about it before where they just Amadon has like four people in it. And it's on a highway where every, all and these there's oil a jail trucks are just cruising fucking through there, like outdoor jail. No, that's that's uh, Marmoth. Oh, sorry. Yep, same difference. Uh, but uh, uh, they just have like some old sedan with like now it has real cop lights, but they just pretty much have a uh, mannequin sitting in there wearing a cop uniform, and they move it around town so you don't go flying through town at. Oh, it's a scarecrow? Yeah, it's a scarecrow. (laughs) It started out as like a Crown Vic, but you could tell there was no motor in it, you know, because the front sat really high. It sits really high, yeah. And I don't even think they had real, like, cherries and berries. It was just like a two-by-four painted red and blue on top of it. (laughs) And then It uh, literally is a scarecrow. Over the years, though, they had to switch out that car. So last time I was through there, I think it's now more like a Ford Taurus, but it's, it's like an old, I think, Canadian cop car, and they didn't even bother changing like the badging on the doors, and and the cop is wearing like a brown uniform. It's a female mannequin with like uh, aviator shades on. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, Dodge had the same thing when I was a kid. Dodge had, which is on the way a, to Zap. Well, I was gonna say it only had a post office. It had a post oh, office and Brad meant, Germanson. And that I thought was you it. meant the the car company Dodge made a fake cop car to put in your town or something. No, it was oh, the Dodge town North Dakota, Dodge. where. Uh, what was he, Saddle Bronc or Bareback champion Brad Germanson hailed from? Oh, no, that's Marshall. Was that Marshall? Who's yeah. from Dodge? Somebody's from Dodge. Nobody's from Dodge. Everybody got the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Well, they all zipped his app. 
Yep. <laughs> uh, I was going to say the the only uh, brush with uh, fame that I really ever had was a uh, well when I met um, at Mike while you're peeing in the sink. Oh yeah, that and then Eminem at Warp Tour. Oh, that when you stole your yeah, and then candy. I, I was on MTV News. But I was going to say Philip Seymour Hoffman came to a show. He came to uh, the Funhouse. Yeah, you talked about that. Yeah, when when Poop Attack was playing, and he was like, "These guys are rad." Ask I think Tim Sher was working door. He's like, "What's this band?" He's like, "Poop Attack." He's like, "These guys fucking rule." So that was that was kind of cool. awesome. And that's a good one. Rest died, in peace, baby. Died for too much heroin when or too much poop attack. And there was, <laughs> well, he'd seen everything at that point. He's like, ah, my life is complete. Yep. Time yep. to go. Wrap it up. Okay. Well, I think we're having an onset dementia, or I'm having Mandela effect shit because I remember us all not too long ago talking about John, Ra- John Ratzenberger and Philip Seymour Hoffman and Macklemore in probably one of these shows. It might have been when we were drunk. I think he had a premonition. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we only have three stories between yep. us and you guys. <laughs> and I don't have one of them. You guys have two. You guys ever seen uh, Ninja 3 The Domination? No. No. It's fucking dope. You should watch you, it. You should explain the whole thing to this us. This ninja fucks up an entire <laughs> golf course. It's great. And then a lady dumps V8 on her neck and fucks a cop. So I think that's all that happens. So it's mm-hmm. like Caddyshack, only the gopher's a ninja? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Caddyshack 2. Three. Oh, yeah. Doesn't he pop out of the ground Caddyshack like a gopher? 3, your gopher's a ninja? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking... Caddyshack 3, The Domination. You better do the liner. We're going to be here forever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we don't ever record on Mondays. Hey, welcome back to How the West is Fucked. How the West was fucked. Holiday edition. Yeah, we're super, yeah, super disorganized today, but that's all right. <laughs> today. <laughs> well, I mean, even more than normal. Uh, but that's all right. We'll, we'll get through this. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Well, Tony, what do you know about Bisbee? Wasn't he the super drunk guy in Train Spotting? Oh no, that's, that's Beg- 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 Begbie. Begbie. That's right. He was not not so much that Begbie was super drunk. He was, he was super fucking violent. Yeah. And then he moved to the 1800s and started eating people at a fort in Ravenous. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Oh god, Ravenous. He fucked. M- moved to the 1800s. <laughs> I'm out of here. Where yeah, are you going, man? The, the 70s. <laughs> Excellent. But no, yeah, Bisbee, while it does sound like maybe a cartoon bee that teaches kids about it, the I mean, is, it's in town? Mm, yeah. Okay. Bingo. Arizona. A Bisbee, Arizona. I, it, we've it's we've no, said this before. Because I'm always talking about their super gigantic, uh, super fun copper mine mm-hmm. that's there. Yeah, you can take a tour of it. Is so, it super fun or super fun? Both. Both. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I know people that like used to paintball around there. Oh, God. Even though it's The toxic. funnest way to get cancer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. get it from everything else, anyways. Yep. <laughs> so you know you could take the old old timey tour of Bisbee of the mine, and then if you just walk 300 yards over the hill, and then you see a crater the you know the size of the moon. Yeah. On the other side. That's like. Uh, Wait, I, is that where the 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 crater from Starman is? The giant. Fuck if I know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The fucking giant it's, ass like meteorite it crater. It has been like 30 years since I've seen Starman. Star what? It's it's like a famous crater All that's I in the southwest. From Starman there, is there he is has one the in Arizona, that, but it's he gets the metal balls that get really stuff. hot, and then he does. Um, you know, I thought you said you knew our drive. I was like, yeah, you know. Red mean stop, green mean go, green mean go, yellow go very fast. That's like all I remember of that fucking movie. Do you seriously expect me to tell the president that an alien has landed, assumed the identity of a dead house painter, and is presently out tooling around the countryside in a hopped up 1977 Mustang? You're not from around here, are you? Think of what it would mean to talk to a being from a civilization like that. Think of what we could learn. 
don't understand. There isn't much time, please. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. Can't you just leave him alone? What the hell ever happened to good manners? We invited him here. So far to come. So much to do. So little time to fall in love. Look up. Company's coming. John Carpenter's Starman. It's Clint Howard in it. That's all I want to know. But there, there's was a giant. What was it like? Linda Hamilton crater. and Jeff Bridges. Linda Hamilton. It's it's Jeff Bridges and I know Jeff Jeff Bridges is all I remember. I watched that movie when I was a kid and it poured me to fucking tears. <laughs> he made a guy's uh, tire iron get hot. Oh yeah, and then he right. dropped it. And well, and like he appeared naked in the middle of a road. Oh, it's Meteor Crater Natural Landmark. The yeah. address is Interstate 40, exit 233, Winslow, Arizona. No. Yeah, it's in between on Flagstaff the and Winslow, Phoenix. Arizona. Standing on the corner exactly. Winslow, Arizona. Exactly. Got a fucking meteor on my, <laughs> my mind. We'll yep. kick it off with your comic sense and NPR. Well, you thing. didn't tell us what you know about Bisbee other than that. I don't know shit, man. You Good. know that. Well, you're going to learn about a massacre. Mm-hmm. It's not even a real good massacre. It's just a. Oh, so white people died? Yeah, I and mean, it's like really, it's more like an inept robbery. And <laughs> in, like. Inept court proceedings. inept court proceedings. Go, <laughs> oh, fucking great. Yeah, you're going to love this one. And, and Bisbee's a cool town just because it's not just strip malls and stuff. It's in like mountains and gulches and. You, know, you get like it's as hippy dippy as Arizona can get. Oh sure, sure. But it's, it's not topaz like, everywhere. Only, yeah, only four guns per household. Yeah, it's not as new agey as like Sedona, but you get like you know just some old hippie painting a bike and putting a flower pot on it, and that's art. Somehow. There you go, killer. Yeah. But uh, oh, also before I forget, there's a standing bear stamp out already. Oh, if yeah. you want to get your stamps or stamping bear. And then the movie of the Killers of the Flower Moon, the, the Osage Murders. Is, oh, that's is okay. okay. Yeah. It's soonish. Oh, God. Speaking of movies, I was, that's what I was, was going to do for Cold Open. Instead, we just rambled about other movies. But that's fine. I watched really, uh, it was one called, uh, I think it's just Wild Bill. And it was on Amazon. And it had, uh, you know, Thor's brother, the other, the other Hemsworth brother. Mm-hmm. He plays Wild Bill. Ooh. Now, think about what that guy looks like. He looks a lot like his brother. He's a huge meat man, you know, right? Yeah. So you've seen pictures of Wild Bill. Not, not, a huge not exactly meat. the no. most yoked-looking motherfucker on the planet. Um, the, the guy is sporting, like, not even, like, hair down to the back of his neck. He's like, short hair and just kind of like Tony's beard. Mm. And he's supposed to be Wild Bill. I no. wish I had Tony's um, They do beard. do the thing with he, like, deputizes John Wesley Harden, which is played by a redheaded guy with a beard, which is interesting to me, too. Okay. Um, they technically kind of do the, like, let's shoot at the uh, Bullhead Saloon, except for they didn't shoot... It, they didn't shoot off the bulls. Oh, it's dick. called it's called Hickok from twenty seventeen. No, Hickok. Yeah. Oh, it's it's not good. Uh, it has Chris Christopherson though. Um, hey, that's cool. It has some stuff that's historically accurate, and then it. Uh, oh yeah, Luke, the, ma- the main bad guy. The main bad guy is like Trace Adkins of country and western music fame. The fuck. And if you know anything about it, he just kind of has like long hair and ponytail, kind of like um, from the same mold as like a Toby Keith or whatever, like that era of country music and stuff like that. He's like the main. He's like the big bad, and he just pretty much is just. Shitty Trace Adkins. Had they ever seen a picture of Wild Bill? I don't think so. Or, or <laughs> John Wesley like, Harden. This is like the, uh, the uh, not the G, instead of G.I. Joe, you get Action Man or whatever. Yes. It's like the well, generic, Action Man, generic a- cowboy. Action Man was uh, a thing in Britain before. He, oh, okay. he was the G.I. Joe in Britain. Yeah. They are related. 
this is more like a yeah a GoBot Transformer kind of thing. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like I said. Every time I thought it would be doing something like okay, that's kind of historically, and then pretty much almost all their costumes are kind of like you didn't go to like an old West Emporium shop for like yeah. you kind of just went to a ranch like a modern ranch supply store. Because like all the hats are fairly modern, and like guys are wearing dusters, like you might pick up in a farm and fleet. Yeah, it was a I got a side by side right here, and it's fuck, man. Yeah, wrong. It was, it was a movie. So, anyway, there's a another Wild Bill with the Lebowski in it from the yeah, '90s. And seen that one? That yeah, one, 1995. That one's fairly slow moving, also. And was, somehow, Calamity Jane is not. Rancid uh, yeah. and drunk. And don't they fuck on a piano or something? Something like that. Yeah. Well, and then a moving piano. And of course, uh, and that one, yeah, he gets killed and stuff. But I don't even think it takes place in Deadwood, right? Mm, that I one. Don't know. Yeah, well, and then like the 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 Wild Bill in like Little Big Man is like in his fifties, and he gets killed by some kid in like Kansas City. Mm-hmm. It's like a child. It's not like Jack McCall like, in Deadwood. Yeah. yeah. It's like uh, Anton Wood showed up. So and basically, his ass. apparently. Wild Bill is one of those characters you just don't bother, like, researching before you put him in a movie, I guess. Okay. Well, there should be a movie about this. Yeah. It'd be short. (laughs) (laughs) Ten-minute movie. So while out looking for Apaches, Army tracker John Dunn, he found some ore samples that were consistent of having silver. John Dunn gone and found some ore. Found some ore what? He done gone and found some ore. In Mule Canyon. Mule or mule? Mule. Mule. So this is only, what, 30 miles-ish from Tombstone, kind of southeast, almost to Mexico. Which still in that day and age, that that's a rough 30 miles if you're on, like, horseback or foot. Mm-hmm. But not if you're naked. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, who, who, who's around this same time? Yeah, fucking uh, uh, the, blah, 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 oh, homo. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, homo, you so crazy. <laughs> uh, so that was August 1877. He grub-staked George Warren. It sounds no- very dirty. Is mm-hmm. that like the rusty trombone or yep. the dirty Sanchez? It sounds like you like like glued a bunch of fucking worms together and fried it up like a steak. Yep. And what it actually means is he loaned him some money so he could buy right. supplies. So he was a known imbiber. Yep. Most people Does were. Does that really set him apart so, from anybody no. else in it? Uh, so he's digging drunk, drunk digging. As you do. You want to dig sober? Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> But he found the Copper Queen mine. Nice. The queen of all copper Copper mines. Queen. It's like a... It's like a, a, a cooking cookware uh, supply store. Okay, I was picturing specialist. I was picturing more like you know some kind of like homeless lady that just strips all the copper wire out of buildings. And, <laughs> I need my liquor yeah, money. Yep. Uh, just a year later, in 1878, Warren uh, he was deep in his cups, as they said. Yes. He wagered his share of the mine on a horse race, which, as you do once again. But it was between him. Of course, he was drunk. The horse might might have been drunk, but it was between him and the horse. Oh, so he wasn't betting on watching some guys racing the horse. He decided he was nope. going to race the horse. He, yep. he bet the horse five hundred dollars that he could beat it. Beat in the, the horse, race. yes. Mm-hmm. And the horse was shit faced enough to take that foolish <laughs> deal. So the race was to a stake a hundred yards away and back. So you had to so, round the so stake. It's a fucking relay race, or yeah, yeah not relay. So, what, what would you call? It? Or is that a relay? No, relay is where you hand it off. Hand it off. Else. That's right. Yeah. But uh, 
uh, Warren figured that he could round the corner faster than the horse, which is true. Ish. But then the horse could beat you on the yeah in the straightaway. <laughs> straight away. Straight away. Yeah. I don't know if you notice this about horses; they're pretty hellacious on that's, the ta- on the takeoff. That's, that's what I would do. Is like and then I also would, on the I would, and when they when they shoot the starting gun, I would jump on the horse, ride it, and then when it gets back to the you're almost to the finish line, you shoot, jump off the horse right? in, the in front of it. Right. Yeah. You might get trampled, but you will win. It's like if you're falling in an elevator shaft. Just jump and you at the jump bottom. at the bottom. Yeah, you're that, good. That works every time. Anyway, he loses millions, oh. millions of dollars on this bet. Oh. Now the horse is like won the mine now. Yeah, the horse is the, down the there horse fucking is drunk as hell, like, just chiseling away chiseling. at rocks with its hooves. <laughs> so by 1880, there started to be mines around or shacks around the mines, and it resembled a town, so they called it Bisbee for some reason. I think it, they named, named it after, after miners. Yeah, and, one of the or. I think it might have been one of the scientists that helped it figure out how to like get all this stuff. He out mixed of some test tubes together, and there was a mining town, mm, something like that. He planted uh, building weird. seeds, and they grew. Right. Buildings grew from the dirt. He's picturing more like you know shaking up a fizzing green glowing solution that yeah, explodes, yeah. kind of like a teenage mutant ninja turtle. Totally. Of, oh, it's it pour was it on a rock, and it mutates into an outhouse. <laughs> Another one turns into a general store. It's the fucking uh, the dad from a uh, Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what was his name? Was it Dr. Daddy or Daddy Scientist? Or? Uh, that year, they have their first murder. Well, moving on up. Yep. A man named Dodson, he went to camp and found no one but a, a half-Mexican girl uh, of 18 and attempted to, quote-unquote, outrage her. Oh. Outrage her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, his name's Professor Utonium. That's not what they call him, I don't think. No, they just call him Dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, he gets to town. All that's there is a teenage girl. So, and he's going to try to sexually assault her. Yes. Meanwhile, the father comes back. He was outraged that he was trying yeah. to outrage his oh, weird. daughter. Yeah. So the father grabbed uh, Dotson's pistol, knocked him over the head with it, and told him to leave. You know, yeah, as he do, he's like chase him off like a you know varmint. Yep. So the father had to go back to work at the smelter and gave the gun to his boss and told him to give it back to Dotson if he saw him. It's a terrible idea. Yep. So Dotson just goes and gets even more drunker. I was say you might want to like break the gun a little bit or something you know like <laughs> fuck with the hammer spring or something make it so uh it's like the the bow from uh from uh, oh maverick. yeah from maverick so yep. if he if he does if the guy gets the gun back and tries to shoot it it just blows his hand off exactly so uh dodson gets drunk and claimed he was robbed of his pistol which is true i mean yeah technically so you got a key detail my friend <laughs> yeah <laughs> so he tried to grab the bar shotgun but it was thrown out the bar shotgun the I, bar shotgun was- yeah thrown out no he was oh yeah well yeah you gotta have the bar shotgun <laughs> so he finally buys a rifle in town and returns to well you gotta be really pissed like well yeah uh, it's drop, going to great lengths to fucking drop, do this shit i guess those days probably like 30 bucks on a rifle yeah but, you know still so he returns to the outrage place and he <laughs> shot through the window of the cabin and killed the brother of the young girl and then wounded her in the arm jesus fucking christ what a piece of shit no shit well <laughs> so, it's a mining town in the 1800s that's yeah, right. pretty much the Par for the course. Yes. So Dotson fled, and the bartender with his shotgun uh, led the posse, but Dotson was never seen again. So he had to, like, break the glass in the little shotgun container and mm-hmm. pull it out, <laughs> open the till, fish out the two shells that are underneath the 20s. <laughs> so we'll be talking about, like, 1883, which was just a couple of years after all the cowboys and the uh, Oakley Doakley corrals there. Mm-hmm. So uh, in Bisbee... Costanda's uh, General Merchandise Emporium open, not Costanza. Yeah, I was going to say. Costanda. Yep. Okay. That was the largest in Bisbee. They also had a safe in there. Wow. 
since the town didn't have a bank, all the money was kept in that safe from the local mining company. Seems legit. Too legit, almost. You ever watch the Hammerman cartoon? Why? why Wait, the MC Hammer cartoon? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's such a thing? Yep. It's like a Saturday morning cartoon. Who does he like fight like Jem in the... Holograms? No, he uh, he his like helps, pants were magic. He helps kids, and his pants are magic. Make him, he can fly nope, with them. I don't like that premise. <laughs> nope. Grab onto my pants, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wears like g fucking giant zubas that make him fly. Well, his MC, MC Hammer yeah. pants. I'm familiar with that. Right, right. Like, so it's basically Aladdin, kind of. Sort of, yeah. Only mm -hmm. MC Hammer. I uh, I actually watched that show when it was out. Like when it, I remember watching it on Saturday mornings. Eating your Urkel O's. Yep. It, I think that show lasted like exactly eight episodes and it got fucking shit canned because okay. it was mm -hmm. kind of garbage. Hammer man, hammer, hammer man, hammer. Whenever there's a crime, some crooks are gonna do time. They all better beware because the hammer man will be there. Here's how it started a long time ago. The legend of the hammer and how it began to grow. He was given magical shoes from a hip hop Motown dude. Together they had power, they stood up for what was right. But Gramps was getting old, and he couldn't keep up the fight. Right. So Gramps and his granddaughter, they went out on the road Certainly. to find a man they knew could jab who was worthy of the load. They met a guy named Stanley, Stanley. who was dancing every night. He helped the kids play every day, his heart was out of sight. So Gramps opened up the bag and took out the magical shoes. He set them on the ground and they soon began to groove. The shoes knew at once they had finally found their man. They hopped right on his feet and he became Hammer Man, Hammer Man, Hammer, Hammer Man, Hammer, Hammer Man, Hammer, Hammer Man, Hammer. Oh yeah. So later in 1883, John Heath and Nathan Waite opened up a dance hall slash saloon. Two doors down. Okay. Uh, now, also, why the fuck wouldn't the mining company, I don't know, buy a, a safe? You're, you're the mining company? Well, that costs money. You're literally pulling <laughs> money out of the ground, though. We're trying to streamline. Yeah, yeah. Cut costs. So the fateful day, December 8th, 1883, five horsemen ride, not the four horsemen, just yeah. five, into Bisbee. Four of them wearing masks. Mm -hmm. One of them not. <laughs> Which is great planning. I'm going to be famous, motherfucker. Well, that, that or like, could you just not like find like a a rag laying around or like <laughs> it was you know, it was buy three get one free like, and he didn't want to spend the money on the fifth one. I guess. So they stop at the mercantile. It's a uh, it's dark out. It's nighttime, I guess. Hey, you guys got any masks in there? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, most businesses were still open. Uh, John Heath's new dance hall was having its grand opening. And, of course, like you said, all but uh, one guy had, you know, one guy was not masked, did it. Now that we're, now that we're talking about MC Hammer, I'm just imagining, like, fucking, like, coming out of the saloon. Right. Women in bustles and shit doing the hammer dance. I was thinking of the player night, piano. night at the Roxbury music. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Also with a player piano. Mm -hmm. Guy with a bowler hat and a cuspider doing the head bobbing thing. <laughs> Uh, all five go in, but then then three come back out with their guns drawn, and then two inside told everybody to throw up their hands. Yeah, you're supposed to go in, pull your guns, not stand outside waving your guns around when you're... That's a little obvious. Mm -hmm. Seriously, we mean it. So two residents were just walking into the store at the same time. <laughs> the robbers covered them and threw them inside. Uh, Co-owner Jose Castanda was inside the back room and in bed with the rheumatisms. Mm. So the two robbers inside robbed the customers of... Uh, uh, 
then uh, go about robbing the the store. Right, but what wasn't in the store? The money. Yeah. So it had to come <laughs> in. <yet. laughs> the, the payroll yes. had not arrived. Yes. Uh, and they order the uh, clerk, Peter Dahl, to open up the safe and be damn quick about it. And, of course, uh, Peter Dahl says, I don't know the combo. Right. So the unmasked bandit spotted uh, the other owner, uh, Joe Goldwater, and said, there's the some bitch who knows the combination. He's just, like, hiding behind, like, I'm picturing, like, a barrel full of, I guess, brooms or something, like something kind of tall. <laughs> He's just kind of peeking out from behind it, like, you know. I imagine this is Barry Goldwater's grandpa or something like that. Must be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so three guns were aimed at his head and uh, shouted, open the safe, you one-eyed sheenie. You what? One-eyed sheeny. I It might be racist. Oh, some, some, I see. How do you spell I, it? S-H-E-E-N-E-Y. Sheeny. Uh, maybe it's just a, a cheap. Ooh, some weird, ca- the sheeny man. What? Written by, written and composed by Chase Morris. Uh, that definitely looks like an 1800 rendering of a Jewish film. Yes, I'm oh, seeing some yep, pretty 100%. anti-Semitic com- cartoons yep. here. Oh, Absolutely. Okay. there we go. Yep, okay, yep. mystery solved. Oh, good job, Tony. <laughs> Fuck. Ooh, fucking hell. Yeah, that's oof. Oof. Oh, there's a whole rhyme about how fucking... Uh, oh, God. Let's not. About how this person doesn't like Jewish people. Yeah, I... Fuck. So Goldwater Oof. calmly opens the safe after, after this. Suddenly, they heard a shot from outside. So Goldwater pulled out the drawer and dumped into the sack... Uh, Over three dollars in orders. And a cigar box full of Mexican money spilled out on the floor. Oh, uh, one bandit bent it over, uh, and his mask fell off. So now they know two people <laughs> <laughs> fell off. It's mm-hmm. like a, like one of those Halloween masks that's got a, a string around the back, and it just goes yep. on the front. That's what I'm saying. Is dressed like fucking like uh, yeah, Captain America. Just from the jumps, these from the jump, God these guys just suck. They're just not good. <laughs> this is like uh, worse than Dalton level. Tom, yeah, yeah, Tom for fuckery. sure. So while they're picking up the money, the one of the other bandits goes into the back room and told Costanda to get up. He said he couldn't because of his rheumatism, rheumatism. but the bandit uh, jerked him up and found a sack of gold coins under his pillow. Oh, motherfucker. So Goldwater asked the bandits if they needed anything else. It's very accommodating. <laughs> Can I fluff your towel for you? Would you like yeah. a hot? Or fluff your towel? Can I get you a hot <laughs> towel? Yeah, we, have some, we have some nice masks in the back <laughs> if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that work. <laughs> So at that time, the front door swung open and the bandits outside asked for more shells because they're out there shooting people. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, who was the first person they shot? Uh, are we going to get, are we going oh. to switch to out of doors and do, do a play-by-play of everybody who gets shot? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're getting to that. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, if they didn't see him already, one of the uh, bandits that came in bumped into somebody and his mask fell off too, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think... All they were doing is like maybe like they might have just like pulled their t-shirt up around their neck, you know, like right, right, right. You know, <laughs> like they smell a fart or something. Right. Mm-hmm. So now all five of the bandits are outside, and uh, the the inside guys see that the outside guys are shooting everybody. Uh, it began when two men came out of the Bonton Saloon across the street, uh, Joseph Bright and John Tappanier. Uh The bandits told them to get back in. Uh, Bright was smart or bright and ran down the street screaming. Tappaner thought it was just a joke and said, "I will not." And the bandit shot and missed Fuck. him. Wow. Shot again and hit Tappner in the head. Oh, shit. Tappner stumbled back and fell with his head in the doorway of the Bonton Saloon. Thus so. showing everybody his newly acquired gaping head wound. Mm-hmm. And then he's, he went on to survive <laughs> for another seven weeks. <laughs> Pretty close. Uh, Tom Smith was having dinner with his wife Jenny at the Seamus restaurant across the street. Smith was a newly deputized peace officer. 
So he get off, uh, gets up and goes outside. And one of the bandits told him to throw up his uh, hands. And Smith said, I'm a deputy. I won't. But he didn't bring his gun with. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> then the bandit said, then you're the son of a bitch we want. And then opened fire on him. Uh, Smith was hitting the torso, then the arm. And then a third went through his forehead, and he fell over dead. God yeah. damn, dude. Has everybody got fucking lead poisoning? Like, just like, Pretty much. Well, I mean, like, uh, you know, like, breathing lead dust all day makes you dumber than shit. Well, yeah. It's like, I'm the fucking deputy. Yeah, yeah. I don't have I'm my gun, gun on me. But I'll make sure you know where I am and yell at you. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the bandits turned their attention to a man named Indian Joe. Who? He's probably Mexican. I don't yeah, know. Uh, he was standing across the street I watching. I like to picture he's actually from, you know somewhere in India. Like, oh. be, that'd be a rare, oh. rarity in Bisbee, mm-hmm. Arizona. That. So they opened fire on him. He ran and was grazed in the leg, but uh, made it out. Uh, James Tex Nolly was a teamster standing next to his wagon watching all this, and then he gets, uh, catches a bullet in the chest that might have been meant for Indian Joe. James James Nolly? Was he a fucking yeah. skateboarder? Mm-hmm. So he laid there in the street, writhing in agony yeah. while all this is going on. My X Games career! No! <laughs> it seems like also, the robbers are just fucking just shooting everyone, everything, mm-hmm. missing half those things. Right, right. And then, yeah. He said a word. <laughs> so Cochise County Deputy Sheriff Billy Daniels was at his saloon playing pool and ran out. Uh, the bandits opened fire on him with bolts whizzing by his head. He returned to the saloon to get his pistol. If you hear gunshots, you hear grab gunshots, your gun. You're not going to grab I, your gun first off? I was going to say, these guys are bad at Old Westing. Yeah, dude. Very bad at, you know. I thought maybe he was going to try and play baseball with the fucking bullets, like with the pool cue in his hand. <laughs> so it's it's bam, like, hit it's him back like at him. real heavy, so he didn't want to waste all the effort carrying the gun outside before he actually knew he needed it. Uh, John uh. Heath was at his bar when the shooting began. Uh, one man ran in saying, there's trouble between a man and his wife. What? what? I don't know. The trouble was the uh, fucking the the white <laughs> the wife the, died. The, la- the, say the lady's husband got shot in the fucking head. <laughs> well, didn't she get shot? Did somebody a woman get shot? Yeah, we're we getting, getting to that. that? Okay. Getting to it. No, we we just did the one. The guy that was oh the the deputy was having dinner with his fucking wife, and fucking, then he walked outside and got well, blasted. Well, fucking everybody's getting shot. Yeah. But. God damn. So Heath hears this and gets his pistol and took up a defensive position hey, at the end of the bar. Somebody's thinking. Look at the big brain on Brett. Well, this is a little suspicious, though. We'll oh. find out later. He told people to stay away from the window and said, quote, there's a Winchester going off. Like he knew, yeah, yeah. knew just the report of the Winchester. Which I mean, is kind that's of not may or may necessarily not. unheard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Craigbaum lived nearby. He was on his way out when he heard the shooting, and he grabbed his pistol. Craigbaum? Mm-hmm. Craig. Yeah, I, I, wonder what it, I wonder what it used to be before he got changed at Ellis Island. <laughs> well, bomb is usually, uh, you know, bomb's German word for tree, so it probably is... I don't know what Craig is, but you know it's his name is probably something in German related to some kind of fucking tree. Oh, you know my, in my brain it was B O M B. No, I, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, so he worked his way up the alley and had a view of the mercantile and the two bandits in front of it. As he was doing that, the door of the of Bob Roberts restaurant opened. <laughs> of course, it's Bob Roberts. <laughs> uh, the bandits fired at the silhouette in the doorway, and that was Annie Roberts. Yeah, who caught one right through her very pregnant belly mm-hmm. and lodged in, that lodged in her spine. What the yep. fuck, man? And she died in excruciating pain days later. Yep. Uh, Craig Baum opened fire on the bandits, and he claimed that he grazed one, which probably wasn't true. But he was behind a wall, but then noticed some bullets coming from behind him. Oh, somebody else was shooting at him, so he he takes off. <laughs> he was surrounded, man. Well, mm-hmm. for all for all that everybody in here is the fucking Keystone cops anyway. It could have also just been somebody trying to shoot at the bandits, mm-hmm. and like you know, 
I mean, everybody's just shooting at everything at this point now. What year is this again? 1880s? 1883. Okay, so they got like actual cartridges and shit, right? Yeah. Okay. And that's why when he says like Winchester, you got to remember like at that point, you know, that's kind of the heyday of the repeating rifles, but a lot of them back in the day were pistol caliber too. Like, you know, Spencer didn't have very big bullets, neither did a uh, Henry, Mm -hmm. but some of those newer Winchesters, that's when they started to put bigger shells in there. So so if you're getting a repeat... Because the mm-hmm. other big rifles were like, you know, the um, the trap doors and shit, so they're not rapid fire. So if you got something like boom, 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 kind of rapid fire, that's going to indicate that it's a Winchester. I could see that being a thing. Gotcha. So Deputy Daniels got his pistol and went out the, his back door. By the time he made it to Main Street, the bandits were leaving. So he gets within about 40 feet and uh, shoots at the bandits, but missed. Uh, John Hiles worked at the corral and had a good look at one of the bandits' horsies. A dirty gray colored horse. Hey, that's that horse from that race earlier. That's the mine owner. <laughs> it's that drunk ass horse. <laughs> well, it could have been dirty, like you know, on uh, uh, what you might call it, uh, the spaghetti western, where they dust off their clothes and there's they thought they were uh, gray, and then dust off and they're blue. Oh yeah, blue yeah. Union. On uh, yeah, good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, yeah, yeah, when the. Oh, the Union yeah. soldiers are riding up, but like uh, Tuco is like, yeah, the South will rise again, blah, 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 blah. And they're dressed in Confederate shit. Yeah. And dust it all off of their blue. Guy takes his goggles off. Yeah, and they're Union soldiers that for some reason are in the middle of like pretty much like an Arizona looking type situation. Mm-hmm. And they got to blow up a bridge in the middle of a desert. Makes sense. It all happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, William Gertenberg, he was working at the butcher shop. He saw the robbers ride by and got a good look at uh, the one that dropped his mask. The one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or all of them. He saw him looking back and shot back and then put the light out over his head. Gertenberg just hides. That's yeah. Until all the shooting. Yeah, yep. at this point. Uh, Rundle ran out of the store. He was one of the guys caught inside the store and checked on Deputy Smith. He was dead. Uh, Tappner had his brains on the floor of the doorway. But he was fine. <laughs> but yeah, you're going to want to pick those up, man. <laughs> well, he put <laughs> stuff him back in. He put him out of the uh, line of fire. Oh, there you, you go. Know, like, just just, take your brain yeah, out. Yeah, shoot me in the head all you want now. <laughs> Got my brain in a jar in the safe. A.B. Normal. Right? Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby Normal. Tex Nolly was helped up and still alive, but he died 26 hours later. Uh, Mrs. Annie Roberts was still alive and asked for a priest, uh, but there wasn't one in town, so Craig Baum agreed to ride 28 miles to Tombstone to get one. Uh, she was the wife of the... Yeah, the pregnant deputy? lady. Yeah, pregnant oh, she was the pregnant lady. Okay. Yep. The priest wouldn't get back there in time, though. She dies. Yeah, too bad the priest didn't show up on time. Now she's in hell for too, the eternity. Well, yep. too bad the priest didn't show up with, I don't know, like a doctor. Yeah, right. You know, like, <laughs> oh, and her unborn baby, I also you, in hell. I need you to go to Tombstone and get a priest. Well, there's one in the... No, go to Tombstone and get a priest. Well, would you like me to bring a physician back? No, no, just the priest. Just the priest. They're, they're probably in purgatory if you know Catholics. Speaking of that shit, uh, I was driving home last night from Jim's house, and uh, I saw this fucking this fucking billboard. <laughs> Read that shit. Judaism, come for your girlfriend, stay for the lack of hell? <laughs> the <laughs> fuck is that? It's a fucking billboard in Seattle. Free what? wedding booklet, jewbelong.org. Paid what? for by jewbelong.org. Yeah. That's the best thing about the Jews. They don't what? advertise except for n- until now. I guess. Yeah, what? I for the... Okay. <laughs> okay. 
I mean, I, I've worked on some weird ad campaigns in the past. It was I guess. it was surprising enough that I was sitting in a light. And I was like, scramble for my phone and take a picture. I was like, what the fuck? Well, at first I thought the messaging on it was going a different. I, I mean, it took it took me a while to process the whole thing. Is like, okay, I get it now. Yeah, I thought they were going the opposite direction with the marketing. Right. And I'm like, why is that allowed? Stay yeah. for your girlfriend. Come for your girlfriend. Or come for your girlfriend. Yeah, like stay you, for you the lack of hell. You started dating a, a nice Jewish yeah. girl. Right, right. You stay, yeah, because there's no hell, there's a purgatory. Right. See? It's an upgrade. Stay for the lack of hell. I guess, I mean, if that's your only two selling points, I mean, you might want to <laughs> war game a little bullet list to you know, maybe flesh that out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, that seems like come a rough Come for the dreidels. <laughs> come for your yeah. girlfriend. Stay for Do the, it. Come for your Stay girlfriend. for the curly fries. Yeah, right. All the goyim say I'm pretty fly for a rabbi. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, so the but Krigbaum goes to Tombstone, but he alerts everybody along the way. Like here you here you. Yeah, I was gonna say straight. Uh, uh, what's it, the British are coming style? Like uh, not William. Oh Cameron, uh, uh, yeah, um, fucking Paul Revere. Yeah, and the Raiders. <laughs> Rides out and he passes the stagecoach from Two Stone that had all the money on it. So there was oh. no money in the safe, or not much. And the bandits didn't get it because they're dumb. Yeah. And now the stagecoach driver's going to go try to deliver it, and half the town's shot to shit. And <laughs> he just rides off with all the money. I, that's what I would do. Bye. <laughs> this place is haunted. I'm out of here. <laughs> so, oh, those barmen's robbed me on the way in here. That's, yeah, yeah, that's how you play it. Do you yeah. see the guys with no masks on? Yeah. <laughs> So everybody knew which day the payroll would show up, but the exact time was always unknown. The robbers could have just robbed that stage, but if they robbed the wrong one, then they'd everybody would have known that there's robbers about. Sure, just be as opposed to shooting the piss out of the entire <laughs> town with your mask around your waist. Uh, so with a lady dead, it made national news. Of course, it was even printed in Honolulu. Wow! Whoa! On a probably on a pressed piece of spam or something. Right. Uh, with an hour, a posse was formed in Bisbee, and a second posse was formed when word reached Tombstone about 1130. Repeating posses. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Heath and his business partner, Nathan Waite, uh, joined the posse in Bisbee. Uh, later, uh, in the early morning, uh, the two posses merged. All right, super posse. Mm-hmm. 
They find out that the bandits' trail had split. Uh, one headed east and one headed south to Mexico. Well, Heath only was like twelve to, miles from Mexico. Heath was trying to tell them that, but the one guy didn't believe him. Mm-hmm. That's where the controversy mm-hmm. is. So remember that. Uh, so Heath and Wait and others go to Tombstone and showed up there in the afternoon, saying the trail ended there, which is kind of suspicious too. Well, kind of, but you know, okay, you got a road with not much traffic. Okay, there's five horses. Then you get to Tombstone where everybody's been riding horses around. You know, yeah. it's gonna get lost in the shuffle. Right. Uh, Deputy Sheriff Bob Hatch showed up later and said they were mistaken. So these posses don't know where the trail is. I mean, they got enough fucking people in their posse. They could take both trails. Well, they did. They did. Oh, they lost. But just the one guy didn't believe them. So a week before all this happened, uh, a train was robbed at Gage Station 20 miles east of uh, New Mexico. So it's the general area. Uh, General George Crook dispatched federal troops to find the gang. Because a watch was taken from the engineer. He wanted the watch back, I guess. Well, that and, General, and they got $1,000. And, General George and the Crook engineer was, was killed, too. And General George Crook was down there because he was... Uh, trying to find... Uh, what's his name? Geronimo. Geronimo. Oh, Geronimo. Yeah, that's right. Jerry. And as we know about George Cook, he fucking hated Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yep. I do not like this. No, so, no fishing for him. Well, that's the thing. Is, oh, I guess we'll go after these train robbers because I might actually go somewhere close to a town and be able to get a bath. Yeah. You know? Possibly. That guy also was like, I, he's he's uh, stands out in my mind just because he's such a fucking character. Didn't he, he rode a, a mule? Yeah, he liked mules and over he, horses. And he wore a fucking uh, helmet. mail carrier helmet. Well, generally, yeah, he just kind of dressed like he was on safari. Yeah. Mostly, which was actually probably more practical than and he a, kinda, he, a wool blue army uniform. Right. In know? my in my head, he's just the fucking uh, the hunter guy from uh, Jumanji. He kind of is. And he kind of looks like that guy, yeah, too. He, he very much looks like that, yeah. December 13th, a tip came in from Galeyville, which is near Tombstone, that suspicious men were camped outside of town. So Deputy Marshal C.B. Sanders and three men rode up, better than C.B. Savage. And we heard this voice that we ain't never heard before, saying, Break one nine, I'm C.B. Savage. Hi, all you 18-wheelers. Anyone seen any smoky bears? How about some bear smokies? Uh-huh. CB Savage here. Come on. And pursued three men who just left the camp. Uh, he said one was, quote, uh, named York, alias Kelly. Mm-hmm. And another was simply known as Red. Simply Red. <laughs> I actually found that the article I read had his full name, but I didn't write it down. Oh, so yeah. I, I got it that. somewhere. But the marshal might have been on the trail of the Bisbee Bandits. Maybe. It might have been. Might have been. Or it uh, might have been some Utes camping. Is it, oh. fuck, is it a baseball team, the Biz- Bisbee Bandits? Probably. Oh, yeah. I don't know what is it. I bet you Bisbee has a minor league team, or not? You know, they did. literally a minor minor league team. Yeah. <laughs> they they. Uh, I think In fact, they're probably the Bisbee Miners. <laughs> probably, yeah. very likely. I don't think they have one anymore, but it was like one of the oldest stadiums, especially in in the Southwest. It was like hundred. I think it's still there. It's like hundred years old or something. Oh shit! The baseball teams, the Bisbee idiot robbers. Be it's just like the that mas- doesn't really roll off the tongue. The mascot is like three guys with no mask and one guy with a mask. Let's see, Bisbee Baseball. Cougar Classic Baseball Tournament. Oh, that's high school. Well, Bisbee has about half the... It's like 5,000 people. Historic Warren Ballpark. Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. With the- Bisbee has about 5,000 people now. Uh, like back Eddie, then, it was Eddie probably King like 20,000 or something. No. Not finding much. Friends of Warren Ballpark. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Red's real name was Omer. Omer? Mm-hmm. Like Gomer without Ooh. the G? Yep. 
Okay, Warren Ballpark is a baseball stadium located in Bisbee, Arizona. It is currently the home of the Bisbee Killer Termites. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I'm so glad we went didn't, down that fucking that pathway. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> hey, you got a new it. phone? No, I didn't. Oh, I thought it didn't kick you out of. Uh, it didn't kick you out of the. I didn't give shit. it. Didn't give it long enough. Oh, okay. Me, I, I, I was reading that straight off of Google. I didn't even crack into the Wikipedia article. I guarantee mm. if I'd have cracked into the Wikipedia article, right I would have gotten about a, uh, a paragraph in, and it would have shit me out. Got it. Anyway, uh, the Ebbets Field. God, I hope I didn't get a new phone. Look at this fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you could buy, like, an old, uh, you know, real flannel jersey that, you know, it's yeah. modeled after the 1880s Tombstone baseball team, so. Nice. Yeah. It's like $500. Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Red Sample and James Tex Howard, two of the robbers, they went to Maud Elby's brothel in Clifton, Tony Cliftonville. They told the girls to get them something to eat in a hurry. And as so they, they brought them hot pockets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lunchables. As they ate, they told the story of robbing the store and said the uh, rainsmiths oh, were... These guys are fucking terrible at their job. Yep. And they yes. said it was all planned out by John Heath, the, the bar owner there. And he sh- they showed the girls' watches and the money that they had stolen from the, the people inside the store there. These guys are fucking capital, capital morons. <laughs> uh, so the paper claimed that the gang was made up of Texan Red, along with Billy Delaney, Big Dan, and Dowd Kelly. And this is all according to an unidentified woman at the brothel, which sounds... No, okay. Well, tricksy. Trust, trustworthy as anything else back then, I guess. Yeah. So Red and Tex and the gang split up. Uh, Delaney and Dowd took off from Mexico... Uh, after about 30 miles, Red and Tex went to a ranch and changed horses and left Kelly there. Uh, before Red and Tex left, they promised to get another gang together and rob Clifton the same way that they robbed Bisbee. By fucking <laughs> fucking everything up, dropping yeah, your mask and shooting, shooting everybody and getting the, away with almost no money. Yeah, so the first one was so fucking just a roaring success that we got to fucking <laughs> emulate that. Yeah. Especially now that fucking people are looking for us. Yeah, right. So I guess of the one of the two posses trailed the, trailed the trail for five days, then returned to Bisbee. Anton Mazanovich, a saloon owner from the town of Shakespeare, New Mexico, which I guess is supposed to be one of the better ghost towns in the Old West, was going back from Camp Grant on the train. At uh, Bowie Station, he saw a young man who boarded the train and noticed this man acting strange. Because every time the train would stop at a station, he would go to the bathroom and then come out when the train moved again. So he's hiding. Oh, so no cops could, like, peek in there and look. Mm -hmm. So at Lordsburg in New Mexico, Mazanovich got out and got Deputy Marshal Bill Davenport to come with him on the train and watch this young guy act suspicious. <laughs> that suck. He's like all hiding in the bathroom thinking he's cool and comes out and there's just Sheriff Badass <laughs> McBilly fucking standing right there. Oh, I got shit again. Uh, the next stop, he did the same thing at Deming. He had Davenport get off and fetch Dan Tucker, another local cop who Mazanovich knew. Who they wrote songs about. Really? Get out the way, old Dan Tucker. You're too late to get your... You never heard that? Nope. Little House on the Prairie, man. That's all that... Like, there's quasi-homeless mountain man buddy saying. He's constantly singing old Dan Tucker. I don't know. You never had to sing that in grade school? We had to... (sighs) No. I I think I I had the option of watching it, like, uh, in... Uh, we used to go to this. Like, no, I'm just talking about that song. Daycare. That's no, it's no, like no. an old folk song. It's like no, you know, no, no. Uh, died with I, a toothache I, in his heel. It's, it's that nonsensical <laughs> shit. Yeah, combed his hair with a wagon wheel. Died with a toothache in his heel. Nope. <laughs> Fucking Google the song. <laughs> yeah. No. All good. You had to sing. Uh, stop. Hammer time. Yeah. Well, old Dan Tucker was a mighty man. He washed his face in a frying pan. Combed his hair with a wagon wheel, and he died with a toothache. 
Lincoln is here. Now get out the way. Get out the way. Won't you get out the way? So, uh, it also, oh, that song also has versions with some pretty racist fucking lyrics. Too. Oh, great. The, the, jo- the, Johnny Rebel version? The Little House on the Prairie one, they cut out all that. Just more the nonsensical toothache in the Oh, ancient. so they just fucking whitewash this shit? Yeah, of course. Of course. Great. Hey, are you a crazy old coot in search of treasure? Of course he is. And now that your adult children won't talk to you since you won't stop wearing that mega hat, you got plenty of time to go look for gold. But don't fret, we got a new metal detector for you. The Lost Dutchman Detector 9000 by Bronson Swagger. Not only does it find precious metals, it finds corpses. Lots and lots of corpses. Because that's all you'll find out here in the superstitions. Plenty and plenty of corpses. Guaranteed to find a body part or your money back. Also available at Infowars.com. So now there's Davenport and Tucker and Mazanovich, and they're all sitting around this guy's empty seat while he's in the bathroom. And then he comes back from the bathroom and sees three lawmen yeah. sitting there. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> uh, they told him to throw up his hands. Uh, and uh, he tried to get up and go away, and they had two more guns pointed at him. He said, well, boys, you sure got me, he said. And they, he was handcuffed. They began questioning him. He soon became all rattled and twisted in his statements. Mazanovich finally asked him his name. It was York Kelly, one of the Bisbee bandits. So, generally when interrogating someone, the starting salvo is often asking the guy's name. <laughs> Not a half an hour into bullshit. Yeah. Like. By the way, what's your fucking name? Yeah. Well, and he says, oh, you hit it right, youngsters. I am Kelly of the man you were looking for. Which, youngsters, I'm yeah, yeah. probably older than he is. Well, no, they're all in their 20s because they're dead by 40. Oh, so that's right. It's- so when this train finally gets to El Paso, Kelly was taken to jail. Uh, next morning, they get back on the train, and Kelly was turned over to the Arizona authorities. John Heath was also brought in questioned about the Gage train robbery, too, but he had an alibi for that one. But Deputy Daniels suspected he tried to throw him off the trail when the posses merged. Yeah. Uh, and he was the one that claimed that the trail had split, which it actually did. Yeah. I don't know why they suspect him. I was just saying, like, Howard... I mean, you either see hoof prints on the ground or you, or you fucking don't. Yeah. You're like, are there hoof prints going south? Chances are it's split. Uh, the second week of December, a posse led by Nicholas Olguin happened upon two men. They drew their guns and ordered to, them to throw up their hands. Then the posse shoots and kills them. Oh, that's Ooh. good. But they weren't the outlaws. They no. were just ranchers looking for a new ranch in the area. God, God damn saw it, that one Saw that one coming. What the fuck? <laughs> so they were just traveling Bible salesmen, you know, like, you know. And these guys were unarmed, and uh, the posse robs them. What? <laughs> not not quite posse behavior. Yeah, I mean, kind of. It's kind of like a cab type situation, anyway. You know. Like. So the posse was arrested. I don't know how you arrest a whole posse? <laughs> get another posse. Get a bigger. Posse. Get a bigger posse. Find the posse. But uh, they were taken to Clifton, and it probably didn't help that they were all Mexicans. Oh. And they killed Americans. Oh. Um, well, you you withheld that little nugget of information until mm-hmm. the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So December 12th, Red and Tex returned to Clifton in the middle of the night. Walter Bush was sleeping at the Maud Elby's uh, house, you know, the, the brothel there in town. Mm-hmm. House of ill repute. Yep. There's a rap on the window. Stop. Hammer time. 
and Tex told, uh, oh, and that was Red and Tex, and they want to be let in. And Tex told them everything about the robbery. They said they got about $800 and some watches, some swatches. And he said that Heath put them up to it. Bush said, you didn't have to kill all those people for a couple of swatches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then Bush said, I don't think we should be friends anymore. <laughs> this is what he claims. You're yeah, not coming yeah. to my birthday party. Yeah, yeah. So Red and Tex take getting off. All, getting all critical of my murder-robbing <laughs> technique. And Bush immediately goes and tells Deputy Sheriff John Hovey. Fucking narc. Mm-hmm. So Hovey got together some people to go after him. Uh, Bush told him that uh, Tex and Red were going north, 35 miles to Happy Jack's. Oh, wait. Is that like the original Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah. I was going to say. It's a pizza place. Yeah, just except for a pizza is just like flapjacks. <laughs> They hadn't invented the rest of it yet. And Tomato be- syrup on it. And Hovey, before he leaves, he sends a, a, a wire to Tombstone to arrest Heath and a wire to Deming to look out for Kelly. And they had a posse in 19. Uh, the posse rode for a day and they came to the Arnold Ranch. And the posse sent men up the hill with looking glasses. They spot a rider. Uh, so Just and- shot him immediately without... <laughs> So sniped actually, him, sniped him quickly down under style yeah, from exactly. a fucking mile away, and then it turns out he's a fucking school teacher. Mm-hmm. No, that actually ha- uh, happened to be Tex Howard, oh. who rode directly into that ambush. Uh, Bush was among the posse, uh, but it was getting dark, so the next day they would look for Red, and uh, they questioned Tex about where Red was hiding. So the posse continued on, and the trail came to a narrow gorge, and then the trail was lost in the creek. Uh, Nicholas Olguin, the guy who robbed a the other people, accidentally. He volunteered <laughs> to go up the gorge with his men and look around. So they find the outlaw camp. And then Red Sample was taken by surprise. He was cleaning his gun when the, the guys surrounded him. Well, at least he's doing that. Yeah. He's, you said Red what? Sample. His Red last Sample. name is Sample? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I guess. Cool. Paint swatch. Yeah, right. <laughs> so now Heath was in custody, custody too. Uh, he made no bones about knowing the robbers, but claimed he had nothing to do with the robberies. Yeah, because they, they had met in, like, jail or something, hadn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Olguin and his men didn't get credit for the capture because they're Mexican, Mexicans, but petitions were sent out, and they were never tried for the murders that they committed right before that, so... Well, I guess That's fair get enough. out of jail free card. <laughs> so these robbers were clear to the, the railroad robbery that happened before, the gauge robbery, uh, because they were seen elsewhere on that day. But two more bandits were on the loose. Big Dan Dowd and Billy Delaney were reported being in Mexico. Uh, Deputy Sheriff Daniels planned a trip to Mexico with uh, Cesario Lucero, a Mexican from Bisbee, also an expert tracker. Nice. So they leave Christmas so Eve. What, what the fuck was that guy doing when they're all arguing about yeah, no split trails and stuff? <laughs> uh, so they learned Dowd and Delaney had split up. So they followed Big Dan to Coralitos, and on New Year's Day they went and found the superintendent of the mining company in town. He was Ab Munzenberger. So they capture. Uh, they came up with a plan to capture Big Dan. Uh, like they fa- put a box with a plug of tobacco and a stick with a string. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how you do it. So they found Dowd at the house of uh, some American employees. So they were sharing a bottle of mezcal. And Munzenberger went in first and ordered Dowd to throw up his hands. This is quite the plan. So they were worried about the Mexican authorities might give them trouble for invading their country. Country. <laughs> Build that wall. <laughs> so the mine supervisor suggests they hide in the express car of the train that went back to El Paso. So that's how they sneak them out. Back in Silver City, New Mexico, one of the robbers was found, and he gave up the names of the others. 
A week later, uh, word was heard that Billy Delaney was still in Mexico. They wired the superintendent of the mine there to give him a job so they could catch him. (laughs) So it's like not quite uh, undercover boss, but yeah, Mm -hmm. not quite to catch a predator either, (laughs) but similar. I mean, it's got that kind of energy. Yeah. So January 13th, uh, Deputy Bob Hatch arrived and arrested Delaney, so that was easy. So the robbers pled not guilty in the new courthouse in Tombstone. Uh, one of their court-appointed lawyers tried to excuse himself from the trial, stating he had a carbuncle on the back of his neck. A what? A carbuncle? Like a boil? Boil? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But also, I, you know, it's basically, these guys are guilty as fucking sin. I don't want to represent them. Mm-hmm. Fuck this shit. Other lawyer, lawyers tried to get out of the, the matter, too. Uh, Judge Piney didn't let them, though, so... Uh, the trial started. Rundle, one of the guys inside the store when it was robbed, ID'd three of the men, Tex, Red, and Kelly. The law at the time was if a murder was committed by somebody in a group while another crime was committed, then the whole group would be guilty of murder. So it didn't matter if these two guys inside shot or killed anybody. One bad apple schools spoils, spoils the, the basket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A carbuncle is a cluster of boils, painful pus-filled bumps Ooh, that cluster form a connected area of infected under the skin. Mm. Infection under the skin. Isn't that the name of the Garf- oh, God Gar- damn, Garfield's dude. owner? John, John Carbuncle. Carbuncle. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, no, nah, thank you. No, 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 no. Holy shit. Yeah. I think that's if you don't take care of it. Oh, yeah. fucking hell. This is disgusting. Yeah. It's probably another one that'll get us stricken off Instagram, like the <laughs> black, black foot or whatever. Uh, black leg. So, John Hiles, I think he actually came up in our Tombstone episode, but he was working at the stables in Bisbee that night. He testified that he saw one of the bandits ride off on that gray. distinctive gray horse. With the racing stripes mm-hmm. and the truck nuts. And he said he saw a text ride in on the same horse earlier that day. He ID'd the plates. Uh, oh, and with the, with John Heath, he rode in with earlier that day. And Walter Bush's testimony was the most damning. He relayed the story of the bandits confessing that they did the robbery, and they showed him the watch, uh, which matched the description of the ones that Goldwater gave from the store. Right. So the defense didn't have too many witnesses. The judge refused uh, to delay while the case where they look for some guys that they made up. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find, uh, we got to get our star witness, Stephen Walness. Stephen Walness. He's out so. there somewhere. Walness, that's an unusual name. That shouldn't be hard to find. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a certain wall quality about him. Uh, so Judge Piney reads the verdict. All five defendants guilty of murder in the first degree. Huzzah. It'll be Just hung until you're dead, 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 dead. dead. Yep. Three times, yeah, dead. Die three by the times? neck, he does yep. specify it by the neck. You die three times by the neck? Yep. Well, They're going to bring you back to life and then hang you again? Kill right. me three times. Uh, Kelly said to the others, quote, well, boys, hemp seems to be the trumps. Yep. Hemp, basically. Hemp, oh, rope. Yep. Rope, got it. And then they would put John Heath on trial. February 12th in 1875, Heath was arrested in Texas for rustling. Not wrestling, yeah. wrestling. He got two years and appealed. Like walking through leaves without lifting his feet, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, so he appeals because he has a signed bill of sale that he probably just wrote right after the fact. And the testimony was from the other people that were convicted of other things. Uh, so a second trial was set. So Heath wouldn't stick around for it. He just flees Texas. Uh, he was finally arrested in 1880 in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Uh, he was tried and found not guilty of the wrestling. But he wasn't quite free. More rustling charges were brought against him. Like but if at first you don't succeed, just start, okay. Mm-hmm. But he beat the rap on those too. 
Well, I knew he wasn't going to get killed because he, he goes on to invent that candy bar, right? <laughs> yep. The, you, the you $100 don't, million dollar bar. <laughs> you also don't know what you don't know yet. Don't get, <laughs> don't get so fucking confident. <laughs> or maybe he invents the candy bar and then like gets shot in the head or something. Or they made him... They made the candy bars out of him. Oh, like there the, you cr- go. the crunchy bit used yeah, to be ground a, up bones. There's a finite <laughs> amount of them that was made yeah. in the 1880s. So in 1881, he was accused of robbing uh, somebody in a Long Branch saloon in Dallas, and his wife was arrested for threatening another woman not to t- testify against him. Yeah. <laughs> so he sounds like a good guy. Uh, At least him and his wife have a strong relationship, you know. Or, yeah, I guess. Uh, Heath got uh, out on uh, bail, but it was rearrested for breaking into a house. <laughs> what the fuck? This guy just can't not commit crimes. These guys are all terrible. <laughs> but the cases were dismissed if you just play, pay the court costs. What? Uh, he was also arrested with the manager of the Long Branch Saloon, uh, Georgia Morgan. This is all Heath still? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah, he's got a long, sordid career of fuckery. And both were charged with running a house of ill repute, but the case was dismissed. So, I, it, I, if you give the judge some freebies, I like just two for one lap dances. That seems might. like some payoffs for the judges, mm-hmm. and then you know who knows? Like maybe the house he broke into was not a, like a well liked person or something. Mm-hmm. Or, you it's know. just like he's got like a cursed monkey paw that like for, <laughs> that forces him to do crimes, but also like he can't be arrested or oh. can't, can't be charged or whatever. Oh well, until he loses the monkey paw. I was going to say that he must have yeah fucked up that monkey paw. <laughs> Uh, so Heath, knowing his luck would run out at some point, he leaves for Arizona. And ironically, the same day as the mercantile robbery, uh, December 8th, 1883, his cases uh, were dismissed in Texas. So he could have went back. But, yeah, but, okay. Yeah. A little too little too late. Mm-hmm. At the trial, Bush told his story. Others testified that he saw Heath and Tex together a week earlier. Uh, one man, Frank Buckles, he testified he talked to Heath in jail and he said if he got out, he would get Pardee, who testified against him, out of the way. So he was going to kill one of the witnesses. This is what Mr. Buckles said, but Mr. Buckles is not to be trusted. Either. Okay. Is Mr. Buckles a fucking chihuahua? <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Uh, Luby and Pardee testified and said the guard told them of their plans on robbing the store and that Heath was their partner. I like how they just go around kind of like town criering out their nefarious plot to fucking do all this shit. Like, they're telling absolutely everybody that will listen. Check it out. Here's my gun. Yeah. I got a mask and everything. I'm going to be I'm, a going, I'm trying criminal. to rob this so I can afford a better mask. So, you know, I can really <laughs> up my robbing game. I'm trying to rob it so I can afford a mask at all. <laughs> you know. Fellow posse man H.M. Hartson testified that he said that he didn't think Tex was part of the gang, even though he was the only one that was positively identified because he was the one that didn't have a mask. Right. Wait, yeah. H&M didn't have a mask? No, Tex. Oh, Tex. Yeah. H&M was like selling masks to everybody, mm-hmm. super cheap, but right. it stains your skin because right. all the you know dye. dye comes out. So Deputy Daniels testified that Heath said that Tex's horses were shod Texas style because... I don't know. Like big knobby, big knobby horseshoes yep. for off-roading? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he believed that none of the tracks were from Texas' horse. And then he pretends that the trail was split, according to Daniels anyway, even though it did split up, but who knows. But Frank Buckles stated that the gang had swapped horses that night at his place. Oh, I guess Buckles is not the guy in jail. He's one of the ranch owners. Sorry. Pardee was the, the, the guy in jail. <laughs> So Heath could have been telling the truth, but who knows. John Hiles, the worker at the stable, testified he saw Tex and Heath together that day. But all this evidence had been circumstantial. Uh, Sergeant Lemuel Lawrence. Oh, he's the guy in jail. Lemuel Lawrence. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah. Oh, he's got a good Lemuel. Yeah. 
And he's in jail for what shooting a guy in a bar fight, right? Yep, he was an army man. Also, I would say since he's a sergeant, I would assume. Yep, I think that's the Le, what's his name? Lem Lemuel. 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 I think that's the name of the guy that did the uh, the uh, that song, the Never Ending Story song. Mm-hmm. We had this conversation well, before because uh, what's oh, his the, name? the fucking Swidgen's brother Swid- was yep. named Lemuel. Yep, yeah, his twin brother. Cocksucker. Yeah, that was that was a uh, uh, the eating people party. Right? Oh, the Donner's? Donner party, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, there's probably a... There's one there, too. Yeah. Uh, so this is a guy, Lawrence. He said that uh, he overheard Tex uh, in jail talking. He said that Heath told Tex if he had uh, done what I told you, we wouldn't be in this fix. Which is probably accurate. Like, he, one of the things he probably told him is, don't go screaming our plans to anyone who listened and showing prostitutes all the shit you sold. You know, that was a start. So Lemuel Lawrence said that Heath had some saws smuggled into jail. Which, you know, if you've been listening to this show for any degree of time, that is I'm not su- uncommon. I'm surprised he had to have them smuggled in. I was just saying, yeah, the furniture is usually made out of saws and <laughs> pickaxes and shit. Oh, uh, Lemuel actually killed two guys, and one was a fellow soldier in Wilcox over a drunken argument. Uh, Lawrence testified that he wasn't given immunity for his testimony, but uh, he gets off, like, right after this. Right. And leaves. Yep. yep. I remember that one. Yeah, it's like, no, no, he's he's just testifying out of the goodness of his heart. Nothing, <laughs> no kickbacks, no, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing mm-hmm. to fear. Immediately gets released from custody after that. So, Waite, that was his partner in the bar, said that they only had met a month before and decided to open a dance hall together. Uh, Heath had come from Clifton. And he said he was sick of that place. That's kind of where all the other outlaws were hanging out. Uh, Waite said that he had told Heath upon meeting him that the payroll would be delivered to the mines the 10th of each month. And Heath said he wanted to be open by the 10th. If if a bunch of miners had have just got their paycheck. Oh, oh you sure, to, sure, yeah. sure, yeah. Which would make sense. Yeah, we got to get ready for these fuckers to come spend these money. fucking motherfuckers would be out of money instantly after they get paid. But just, it would also mean, you know, just steal it right away instead of yeah. getting it slowly. Uh, another BS story came out later that uh, Heath danced a jig when each shot was fired in the dance hall. <laughs> now that's some shit. Yeah, and then I saw her consort with the devil under <laughs> yeah, the moon. Right. You know, that's that kind of embellishment you like out of the 1800s. Yeah. But if that theory was true, why would Heath go through all the trouble opening a saloon just to rob a store? He could just He's rob a store. He's a criminal mastermind, Will. <laughs> uh, He's space- playing four-dimensional chess over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the newspaper mentioned that Emma Mortimer was going to testify, but broke down and couldn't. She was described as Heath's mistress. More likely, Heath was her pimp. Right. But that's what they all did for side hustles back in the day. So, uh, Dowd's attorney, George Williams, appealed that Dowd was arrested in Mexico, which was true, and no extradition papers were ever drew up for him, so the arrest was illegal. Uh, Judge Piney said that if that was the case, the government would have to come to him and overrule the appeals. So Okay. Which they're probably do, disinclined do the to do. Yep. Tex Howard testified that he knew Heath, not really a friend, but uh, definitely had nothing to do with the robbery, and denied talking to Lawrence, the soldier in jail, about the robbery. Then all the robbers testified to the same thing, that uh, Heath had nothing to do with it, but there's no incentive to for them to tell the truth because they're all going to die in a couple of months anyway. Right. So. Uh, February 19th, Judge Piney handed down the death sentence to all the robbers to be hanged uh, March 28th, 1884, until they're dead, 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 dead again. Uh, rumor was circulating around the papers that Heath escaped Texas after murdering his father-in-law, which wasn't true. Start making up shit. Yep, mm-hmm. he cut his mom's face off and tanned it yep, and wears he, it around. Feeding an imp from a third nipple he has. <laughs> you know. So February 21st, 1884, a secret meeting was held in Tombstone on Fremont Street. That's one of their two streets there. Tough nut, the other. 
the town agreed that Heath wouldn't get the punishment he deserved, even though the trial was still ongoing. The morning of February 22nd, a group of 100 armed men met at the Tombstone Firehouse and rode down Toughnut Street to the jail-slash-courthouse. The mines were closed in Tombstone for this special occasion. Schools were let out. What the fuck? Uh, seven men, all from Bisbee, were chose to go into the jail and fetch the prisoners. So they knock on the door, and somebody says, who is it? It's an angry mob. Yep. Angry mob who? <laughs> Uh, so it was about the same time when breakfast would be brought, so the guard just lets in whoever knocks. Well, yeah, they, he thought it was, they specified, he thought it was the Chinese cook. Oh. Okay. So I thought it was Taco Bell breakfast. Who's here? Guess, Is it breakfast? Yeah, Steve breakfast. <laughs> yeah. I'm here. So the guard gives up right away, of course. Uh, the seven guys, they drug out Heath. On the way out, they were met by Sheriff Jerome Ward, who tried to stop him, but the sheriff was thrown down the stairs, though. <laughs> I'm just here to see if you guys need any help. <laughs> so Heath was drug out in his nightshirt and socks and led down Toughnut Street to a telegraph pole. He's just wearing a shirt that goes all the way down to his ankles. It's yeah, got he, like, he's Elmer Fudden. It. Yeah, it's right. like a, but it's got like a, a print of like a cat in a yeah. dog in a dog bowl sleeping. <laughs> right. It's probably a Garfield oversized shirt. <laughs> so uh, they take him to the telegraph pole, which would later send out the news. What would happen next? What do you think? What might happen? This angry mob. Well, he first asked him, like, uh, can you just please, after you lynch me, don't shoot me? Mm-hmm. He requests that of them. <laughs> oh, okay. That's honorable. Uh, so the guard, Bill Ward, was embarrassed at his fuck-up, and he just leaves. And he leaves Craig Baum in charge, who was the guy who warned everybody the first time. <laughs> and I he, feel like there's going to be some blowback. I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, no shit. So he goes inside the jail and locks himself in and hides the keys so he can truthfully say that he didn't have anything to do with this. Oh, I mean, that's. I mean, kind of smart, yeah. So back outside on Toughnut Street, a young boy shimmied up the pole with a rope. They asked Heath if he had anything to say. It's good that you're getting the kids. I, just, I was gonna say, dude, mm-hmm. like fucking A plus. I believe the children are future. <laughs> Teach them with. Timmy, get up there and throw, hang this rope up. Can you do Daddy a favor? Yeah. So he says, uh, "You're hanging an innocent man. You'll figure that out before you hang the other boys." And Heath took out his own hanky and tied it over his eyes. Uh, so he wasn't See, afraid to die. he was definitely die. not a robber because he had a hanky mm-hmm. that he could use as a mask. <laughs> then again, uh, he says, please don't shoot me after the fact. Then was lifted in the air by the mob and slowly strangled to death because they didn't do a, a, drop. a drop. And they just kind of strung just him. kind of hung him like a pinata and mm-hmm. let him. I'm sure they had kids throwing rocks at him and shit too. Mm-hmm. Getting there. Wait, wait till the next set of executions. <laughs> oh, fuck. So a note was left on the telegraph pole, and it read, "Oh yeah, John Heath was hanged to this pole by the citizens of Cochise County for participating in the Bisbee Massacre as proved accessory at 8 a.m. February 22nd, 1884, which also happened to be Washington's birthday. That's right. probably why the kids had the, the day off of which school. Which they noted on the note, and also they spelled his fucking name wrong. Mm-hmm. Spelled Washington wrong? No, they spelled Heath's Heath. name wrong. Yep. H-E-E-E-T-H? H-E-I-T-H, something like that. So the body was left there for an hour and a half for pinata. You gotta let it finish dripping and outgassing. Mm-hmm. So it was photographed by C.S. Fly again. Yep. Also took pictures of the Okidokli Corral and Ohomo. Uh, the body was taken down and taken to the coroner's office for an autopsy. Yep, that's this is my favorite part mm-hmm. of the whole thing. Coroner conducts an autopsy on a guy that dozens of people, if not hundreds, just watched get hanged. What do you suppose the cause Holy of death shit. was, Tony? What the fuck? Oh, yep. I'm just looking. There's like photographs yep. of this. Jesus Christ. Yep. 
So he, uh, the coroner, of course, he's a laugh, right? Said he died from emphysema, which might have been caused by strangulation, self-inflicted or otherwise. Right. What? Yeah. What an asshole. Like. Straight up a fucking a murder note and like a photograph. Right. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. I think natural causes maybe, huh? What do you think? So his dad would just had come to town. He's actually 11 miles away in Fairbank. So as soon as he hears about his son being mobbed, uh, he turned right around and headed back for Texas. Oh. But most people were happy with the lynching. Because it's the 1800s and mm-hmm. there's no football. And the papers printed all his misdoings in Texas to justify the lynching. I'm sure made up many, many more. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time they spelled it right on his tombstone, on the Boot Hill Cemetery and tombstone. Yeah, I noticed that. But in reality, he was actually buried back in Texas. Right. And in Texas, he actually had a wife that he left behind, Jenny. Oh. Jenny. Uh, Roe Kelly, he was one of the robbers. He wrote a short poem about the hanging of John Heath. You want to hear it? Sure. You want to do a MC Hammer uh, roses beat are red, to it? Violets are blue. They hung Heath and pretty soon me too. Yep. As I woke this morning at eight, I heard a knock on the outside gate. This is very Dr. Nevermore. I was going like <laughs> shitty uh, Poe knockoff. The jailer went to open the door, and there behold, a hundred or more. Craig Bond came to the ward's relief, and the jailer left on the count of his belief. The Stranglers came to have some fun and roped John Heath, and away they run. Uh, the mob went out four by four and met the sheriff at the door. They gave a howl and a roar and threw the old man on the floor. <laughs> I am so imagining, like, Dr. Seuss uh, yeah. illustrations of all of this. Absolutely. Fucking uh, thing one and thing two are in the fucking posse. <laughs> thing one's up on the up on the fucking light pole. Yeah, hanging the thing rope. Thing two's throwing a rope over <laughs> Henry Sloan, brave and true, entered the door to see what he could do, but it found it was no avail, for the mob had taken Heath from the jail. They went down Toughnut, crossed the main, and then came back to Toughnut again. I always hate when they do that. Again. They marched Heath down to the bend, and here they said the fun would end. Oh, thank God, I thought you guys were going to hang me. <laughs> the valiant Heath, for nerve he had no lack, he told the mob that he had one Suck request. Suck my sack! <laughs> which is much better than he had one request to make, which did not rhyme at all. Said, my boys, when I'm a dead, do not pierce my body with your lid. They placed the brave Heath beneath the wire and pulled him up six feet or higher. The way he died, it was a shame, but the sheriff ward was not to blame. Oh, stranglers, prepare for the day will come that you will have to meet your doom, which again does not rhyme. You will curse the hour you were born, the morning that oh. Gabriel toots his horn. Toots his horn. I love that. Woo woo. Yeah. Yep. So that's a poem. Epic. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> sure if you say sure so. Sure is. <laughs> uh, so York Kelly and the others would still go to the gallows, maintaining Heath was innocent. But the five robbers would spend more than a month waiting their day, and the sheriff ward allowed them extra rations. God, I keep expecting you to rhyme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now on. <laughs> That's, that's a tough request. Uh, so extra rations of fruit and cigars, and allowed him three drinks of whiskey Two a day. Two great tastes that go great together. Just fucking kiwis and fucking dragon fruits and just smelly <laughs> old cigars. So they got three drinks of whiskey a day, which is just enough to piss you off. Make you want more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. So get, they get to watch the gallows being constructive. So, right. Yeah. Oh, what else is being constructed while the gallows are being constructed? Grandstands. Oh, of course. Some guy decided he'd go and sell tickets, so he started building grandstand. Of course. Mm-hmm. 
We'll they get, get see us fly to take pictures so they could sell postcards well, and shit too. There were some people that were not as into the whole grandstand idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever get? Did you get the lady's name? Mine. It just said some woman. It didn't really. Oh, we'll we'll, we'll get to that okay. soon. Billy Delaney. It came out that he might have left Pennsylvania at an early age because he might have killed somebody there, and he might have killed somebody in Clifton earlier. Uh, Tex and Heath knew each other from driving cattle on the Chisholm, not the Chisholm Trail, eight yeah. years before. And Red Sample was wanted for a robbery in Clifton uh, earlier that year, too. Big Dan Dowd was liked around Clifton, but the Clifton paper still claimed that he killed two Chinamen and robbed them, but there was no evidence of that. Now with Big Dan Dowd, I keep on kind of picturing one of these, you know, like Lenny, Mice, and Men, Simpleton situation. You know, all right, guys, I will stand in the door of the doorway. Store of the doorway. Wow. Store of the doorway? First I said door of the doorway, then... Okay, that didn't work. <laughs> Need more good and plenties. Right. Uh, those things. They're out. I March 10th, the gang who robbed the gauge train that they thought they robbed, but they didn't. They broke out of jail in Silver City, New Mexico, and a posse caught up with them six miles from town and shot it out. One of the gang was killed along with a citizen named Joseph Laffer. Hilarious. Okay. Who's laughing now? One of the gang, uh, Frank Taggart, surrendered when he ran out of ammo. Mr. Taggart from, like, Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm. And another guy, was Mitch Lee, was mortally wounded. They were hanged in retribution of the killing of the citizen Joseph Laffer. So there's more hangings. Okay. Christopher Carson Kitjoy was <laughs> just right. just steal now, names. Now we're getting into some show Silverstein fucking Sarah Sylvia Stout <laughs> fucking. Uh, he was the only outlaw to escape. A week later, he was found by ranchers hiding. Like yep. in a cow. I want a picture a cow. like a cow costume. Yep. Like the, the top secret. <laughs> Moo. Top. Moo. Why isn't this no milk coming out of here? Right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You okay? Oh, yeah. Let's go. What's the hurry? Why are we in such a bloody rush? I just wanted to stop to take a rest. Uh, he had a shotgun, but was out of range. So the rancher just shot him in the leg as he fled. So Kit Joy surrendered, but he had to have his leg amputated. No shit. Now he's a pirate. Mm-hmm. Back in American Tombstone. American horse pirate. Hashtag American. Back in Tombstone, while they're waiting, the Bisbee bandits were visited by John L. Sullivan. He was the on boxer? tour. Boxer? Yep. Or is this a trade? <laughs> no, he was a boxer. Oh, named, oh that's they, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They named a whiskey after him, too. You can buy John L. Sullivan whiskey. That's mm-hmm. right. So he was on tour, and he would offer $1,000 for anybody to last four rounds with him. And he'd beat you like a piece of meat. Mm-hmm. Pro- you know, legalized murder. Uh, beat, the, beat the ability to smell the color blue out of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gang was also visited by a Catholic priest and Nellie Cashman, who is the lady you were talking about. Okay. Was the, she was the miner's angel. Both were, wanted to save their souls. Uh, Cashman was, uh, ran restaurants and helped miners by feeding them and lending them money. So in British Columbia, some miners were stranded for the winter and she organized a party to rescue them. Oh, shit. But she later moved to Tucson, then Tombstone, where she raised money to build a Sacred Heart Church, Sacred Heart Church in Tombstone. Sacred Heart Church. Church. Well, I heard, I heard Hurt Church, which is where John L. Sullivan fucking beats the piss out of people. <laughs> fucking Hurt Church is awesome. <laughs> I'm going to start an underground boxing bar. <laughs> the Welcome Church. to the Hurt Church. <laughs> Are you ready? Bone saw is ready. <laughs> so, yeah. after, so after the hanging, she heard a story that the bodies were going to be stolen for medical study, and she put a stop to that, too. By a, by a university. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, we heard it around the campfire. These, these university people are going to come. Rape, rape. I, I, 
I want to find a story about just a roving gang of like professors that go out grave robbing. It's got like It'd be tweed, amazing tweed jackets with the fucking elbow exactly. patches and shit. Exactly. Yeah. Like fucking perfect. So Sheriff Ward said he'd get a thousand tickets printed for the hanging. But he was constantly Is there being... a thousand people in that fucking town? Well, they come Not from anymore. miles away. Oh, crash sure. at crush style, baby. Yeah. And he was constantly hounded for tix- tickets. Some wanted totally open Use for the, the public. Use the fucking website! That's why I put it up! <laughs> <laughs> they hoped to draw more tourists to town. Uh, one man, WM Constable, who wasn't the constable. constable, he was a private citizen. He was uh, the one constructing the grandstand outside the courthouse walls to view the hanging. And it was to seat 600 people. And it would have to be tall since the walls at the courthouse were already thirteen foot high. Right. Yeah. This is so. Oh, so they could see into the were, courthouse. Yeah. The, the like the officials only want to let so many people into the thing sure, to sure. watch the thing. They don't want to make a spectacle out of this. Well, I'll just build a grandstand that looks over the wall. Mm-hmm. I'll just build six hundred ladders. It's a free country. I'm going to charge tickets and sell popcorn and oh, shit. God. It's like Wrigley Field because it's so small. They have houses on the other side that they actually put stands on to, oh, wow. to watch. Yep. Uh, among the designers of the gallows was Bob Paul, who is a legendary Pima County Sheriff for forever and ever. March 26, in Bisbee, uh, Deputy Sheriff Daniels closed up his saloon and went to bed. And he woke to the sound of somebody in his house. His shoes were off, and uh, he was sneaking up uh, to the safe and trying to open it, this guy. Daniels grabbed a shotgun and commanded a thief to stop. As he ran out, Daniels shot and killed him. I don't know why I wrote that in I was going to say, what, does that, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> oh, the man was a miner named John Hiles. Oh. Uh, later, people said he was part of the Mercantile robbery, but Hiles was the guy who was at the, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, and took shots at Krigbaum in the alley, which was probably not true, but this is what the paper comes right, up with. because the papers just make shit up mm-hmm. no matter what. Uh, the day before the hanging, the robbers granted an interview with the press. They still claimed that Heath didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, Delaney said there there was too many Mormons on the jury. <laughs> Whoops. And said witnesses claimed he had a Mormon brand on his horse. So they were, I don't know. What? Last ditch effort. <laughs> and Delaney said, quote, why? I don't even know how to steal a horse. It's too complicated. It's not like you have to fucking hotwire it, dude. Like, <laughs> Can you ride gotta, a horse? Gotta, well, yeah. Yeah. Dis- I just don't know how to steal one. Yeah, how do you disengage the steering lock? <laughs> so Mr. Constable finished his grandstands, and it sold out. 600 seats for $1.50 a seat. But Nellie Cashman wanted to put a stop to Mr. Constable's grandstands, so she gets 150 miners. With, like, axes and sledgehammers. And yep. Just light it on fire. No, yeah. no, they just go smash it. Yep. They, <laughs> chop it up. At four in the morning, right before. Four in the morning, right before it was supposed to happen. Oh my Good. god, dude. that's a nice stealthy way to get rid of it. You know, at four in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's just sleeping through, and just all this whack, 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 whack. Damn, dude. And of course, some of the miners were injured when it all came crumbling down on them. <laughs> well, that and people were trying to stop them, so they were actually fighting people oh, while they were yeah. while they were tearing it down too. And of course, constable probably kept all the money too. So uh, the men were led to the gallows without being manacled. Over two thousand people showed up in Man, Tombstone. But- what, what, did, what was the word you used? Manacled. Oh, manacled. I heard before I, proper handcuffs, they're called ma- manacles. Oh, okay. It's the U-shape with the straight yeah. thing. Cross. Okay. I heard medical. With no, with no ratcheting scenario, really. Right. Like, yeah, I suppose by that time, they were starting to get the ratcheting ones, kind of the, the crude ones. Manimal. Yeah, manimal. I heard medical. I thought maybe he was like, we got to get you healthy enough so yeah. we can execute you. It's like uh, that Mr. Show thing where they yeah. they uh, have to et- or, uh, get the guy smart enough so they can right. execute him. 
So 2,000 people showed up in Tombstone, and guess how many people live in Tombstone today? Four. 1,200. Whoa. Uh, there was 1,000 inside the jail wall, and another 1,000 waiting outside watching. Fucking Burning Man. Oh, fuck. Climbing any tree or any rooftop to... Uh, not a lot of trees, yeah. I would imagine. Nope. Uh, the bandits all proclaimed their innocence on the scaffold and uh, denied Heath had anything to do with it again. And they asked for Christian burials. And the trap door was pulled and all five dropped at the same time. And four of the bodies didn't move, but Big Dan didn't drop enough to break his neck and he strangled to death. like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. That was that was the big thing with that gallows. Apparently, everybody was impressed by the technology of... Everybody dropping at once. Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, so it's like just, fireworks to these people. You know? It's just, and it's also like, if everything goes the way it's supposed to, it's like, bam. Okay, well, yep, here we see go. you later. <laughs> I gotta, There's a guy with a hood on just dangling. Drive the fucking 800 eight, miles home, yeah. <laughs> Eating my scorpion salad and breathing dirt. Yeah, so for whatever reason, uh, CS Fly doesn't take a picture of this. Oh. Darn. But, uh, or at least the body's after. I don't know, maybe he got one. As they were doing it, but uh, no bodies were claimed by relatives, and they all were buried at the Boot Hill Cemetery in Tombstone. Uh, Delaney's brother, John Carroll Delaney, defended his brother in a Boston paper, because John was actually an upstanding guy. He was a librarian at the Penn State Senate, and he claimed that his brother was executed to have his interest in a lucrative mine taken away, which was probably a lie, but it might have been told to him by Delaney himself. Right. Uh, And uh, the deed of the mine was supposedly mailed to John, but was lost in the mail but that was probably just another, another way for bullshit. him to get some money from his brother. Right. Uh, a month after the hanging, the star witness for the prosecution, Sarge Lemuel Lawrence, had his trial. Um, he was found guilty of manslaughter and got 18 months in the pen in Yuma, which he appealed and got off. Right. He was He's like, like no, nah, I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. So he was let go in October 1885, never seen again. And the fact that Lawrence got such a light sentence at first and then wasn't even charged for the other murder meant he probably made up his story. Right. A few months later, a huge vein of copper was found. A throbbing vein of copper. Mm-hmm. Just pulsating, veiny copper vein. The town of Busy was cleaned up by local officials, and the mines hired married men to work for them. And women were banned for bars after Bisbee became an incorporated city in 1902. Yeah. And in 1910, the brothels were officially closed. And 1912, Arizona becomes a state. Two days before that, the scaffold for the hanging was found after being dismantled. Like stored in somebody's attic, like a fucking artificial Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then it was turned into firewood for the jail. Yeah, just... They didn't put it back up. Oh. Was that the only thing to happen it's in Bisbee? It was in the museum. I know. Uh, there was a bunch. There's always a bunch of shit in Bisbee. I can't remember all of it. There's another cool little story about, uh, you know, going unions in 1917. 1,300 striking miners were just uh, taken out on a train. Oh, that's right. Yep. And just left in New Mexico. I remember that one. Yep. And just left out there to die, but the army took them back. Right. Yeah. But that's how you get rid of strikers. You just put them on a train out of town. No, or if they're ever shoot at them while they're on a boat. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And nothing has happened in Bisbee since then. Right. At yep. all, at all. It's a cool looking town. I'm looking at pictures of B- Bisbee. Yeah, it's a lot of I cool was, old houses. Was, one of my one of my buddies in the army was from Bisbee. Yeah. Uh, and he was always telling me they you know, should go visit. Like basically, he's like, oh, once I get on the army, I'll come visit you. But I think I think he's still in yeah, so, in the army. Yeah. Oh shit. So I don't think oh. he's back in Bisbee. So I have no reason to go try to visit Julio in Bisbee because he's not there. Well, you should have him right in. We'll go. We'll go visit him where wherever he is. Yeah. In the middle of the night. Last I saw him, he was <laughs> in Germany, So, but that was 
over 20 years ago. So. Mm. Bomb holder. Yep. I remember that. Mountain bomb holder, which means, remember we were talking about- uh, Oh, B-A-U-M? Like, yeah, so uh, holding the woods or holding the tree. We, uh, we, we don't, we'd always uh, argue about, you know, all of us that barely spoke any German would argue whether it's holding the woods or holding the tree. But bomb holder. That's your girlfriend when you're in the army. Yeah, but, but your hay wife. <laughs> hey lady. Hey lady. Oh, that's, that's a Bisbee massacre. There you we go. did a shorter issue. It's, it's not all that massacre It's just inept bullet Incompetence, slinging. yeah. Yeah, inept bullet slinging and like, I got away with this watch and a jar of beans. And then, oh, God. But also killed a fucking pregnant lady, lady and her baby yeah. and a bunch of fucking other people. Well, like a lot of, well, what, it was actually only what, three, four killed. It wasn't that many killed. Everybody was yeah, shot. Yeah, it was like shot. four, I think. Yeah. 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 Like, compared to, like, some Coffeeville shit, this was mm-hmm. small potatoes. Just these, these guys were even worse at everything. Ooh. Tex Howard, Bill Delaney, Dan Kelly, legally hanged. March Make, 8th, make sure they know it's legal, <laughs> as opposed to the Heath one. Yep. That's something I've put on my tombstone. Legally, legally dead. <laughs> DNR on, on your... <laughs> <laughs> my tombstone. Uh, fuck yeah. There's the one at uh, Fort Lincoln, the, their fake boot hill that said just said suicide by opium. It's like, yeah. yeah. That's, no, that's a good band name. It's like Medora, you know, the uh, Union soldier fell off bridge and man the bank fell on. And French baby <laughs> from hotel. French baby from hotel. Oh, it's just fucking crazy, like the obsession with death. Yeah, yeah. And how you can like sell tickets to it and no, shit. It's the running man only crappier. Yeah. Not a lot of running, yeah. Really, but a lot of man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right on. Well, if that's it, then we're gonna take off for now. But we'll be back next week with something else. Yep. About the Wild West. I would. I, I, would, I, would, I would assume. Sure. We'll see what happens. Right. But so, sometimes wild, sometimes tame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but until then, we're gonna go out in a hail of. What was the baseball team called? Uh, the Killer Termites. Ooh. Killer termite fire. Yeah. Do they even have termites in Arizona? Is that a thing? Fuck you, Mile City. I want you to know it's over. Well. Bye. See that streamer? We're just in time. We have stumbled into a major crime.